If I could live anywhere in Europe, it might very well be Stockholm. There's something about this fresh and lively capital of Sweden that just charms me. And I'm Norwegian. Hi, I'm Rick Steves, and today we'll find out what the big deal is. We're joined by a tour guide friend from Stockholm for an insider's guide to Sweden on Travel with Rick Steves. Every time I am in Stockholm, I am so fascinated. I'm in love in Stockholm always. It's a very scenic city. It's so beautiful. Wherever you are, you're very close to the nature. Marita Bergman joins us to take your calls about the sights of Stockholm and helps us explore the options for filling up your long summer days in the Swedish countryside, too. Sweden's the land of ABBA, Volvo, and the Nobel Prize. Crayfish parties are the rage, and a morning just can't go by without a good fika. That's a coffee break. We'll consider the clichés and the realities of a unique culture. We're taking a midsummer's tour of Sweden next on Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines, with 4,000 flights to 250 cities in 40 countries around the world every day. It's easy to book your next flight at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. While it has a reputation for being progressive and prosperous, elegant and expensive, Stockholm has plenty to offer families. The Swedish capital is divided equally between parks and water and the city. Immigrant populations have recently added a little more spice to the cuisine and a little color to the naturally blonde landscape. And whether you're chasing down family roots or just basking in beautiful scenery, well-ordered Sweden can be a delight to explore. I'm Rick Steves, and today on Travel with Rick Steves, Swedish tour guide Marita Bergman joins us to share budget tricks and travel tips for a midsummer's guide to Sweden. I go back to Stockholm again and again, and I just marvel at this city, and it's fun to share it, and it's best to share it with a local expert. Marita, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Those are my thoughts about Stockholm as a tourist over the years, and it must be even more exciting in a lot of ways to live there and have all of this heritage around you, and you have the the mounted band going through the streets every day up to the royal palace, and you have your royal family still. Yes. In in this modern age, you have a royal family. Yes. You have uh, the (laughs) traditions, and you have one of the most progressive cultures in Europe at the same time. Uh, Mm. How do you explain how Sweden can be so futuristic and at the same time be surrounded by history and and have a a royal family? Mm. That's a good question because the Swedes are very traditionalistic in one way. Uh, They like to have their Christmas traditions in one way, the same year after the other. But on the other hand, uh, we look forwards also, especially um, thinking about the society building, of course, uh, but also the technique development that we have in right in Stockholm. North of Stockholm, we have our Silicon Valley called Chista. And the specialty there is wireless communications. Uh, now, right? yeah, 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 it is. You're, uh, you're the leader in Europe, I think, in wireless communications. Uh, that's right. And we are communicating with uh, the newest technique uh, in the society, in the companies, and so as well as in school. So, uh, And you're a school teacher. I'm a school teacher, yes. You teach uh, what we would call junior high. Yeah, that's right. From the 7th to the ninth grade in Swedish school system. Now, yeah. how long do kids go to school? How many grades are there in Sweden? 12. Yeah. Okay, it's just like ours. And is there any pressure lately for teachers in Sweden? What is the... Uh, What's news for teachers? Where does the government and the, and the parents want you to take the kids? Uh, it's a lot of discussions about school nowadays. Uh, we had uh, uh, now the last election. We've got a new government. And uh, the winds are teach uh, the pupils 
what they need for the future. We have, uh, you can say, three grades in schools. And if you want to really reach the highest grade, you have to think in a critical way. That's uh, something very important for, for the highest notes. To, 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 to think to, critically. Yeah, to think critically. And what's the opposite of thinking critically? Just taking tests well? Yeah, taking tests uh, or repeating what you're reading in, in the books and so on. So. so you have the endorsement of the government to teach your children to think critically. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. We have the same sort of discussion going on in, in our society right now, but there must be a lot of pressure in Sweden, with Europe being very aggressive now and, and uh, moving into this global world. Mm-hmm. And Sweden has uh, been a leader, but you have to be on the ball. What do you like most about living in Stockholm? Every time I, I am in Stockholm, I, I am so fascinated. I'm in love in Stockholm always. Uh, it's a very scenic city. It's so beautiful to walk around. Wherever you are, you're very close to the water. You have uh, views uh, all over. And very close by, you have also the modern part and the old part. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a, a city with contrasts, I would say, with uh, the islands. The water. And, and nature. Nature is just in your face. Yeah, it's close to the nature. Coming from the very city with a pulse, with the many people walking around and doing their shopping, very stressed and so on. Uh, I'm just about, well, 15, 20 minutes to uh, where it's very quiet and, and uh, I can be by, by my own. So uh, I like it very much. And I can also say that um, it's a city on islands, 13 islands. They have developed then their own character through the uh, Each centuries. Each island has a different character. Yeah, you can All say right. that. So Södermalm, that's one of the islands, isn't it? Södermalm, yes. Yeah. yeah. How is that? What's the character of that? Uh, that's the old working part, or where it was poor ones with so the, the industrial working class yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you have the Garden Island. Yes, it's Jurgården. Jurgården, yeah, and that's yeah. just a delight if you're on a rented uh, bicycle. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. It's uh, and then Gamlastan. And Gamlastan, the old town. Yes, that's the pioneer square of your yeah, town, and so yeah. on. Uh, of course, there's lots to like about Stockholm. What, what's the what's the downside? What do you not like about living in Stockholm? Well, a big city like Stockholm has a lot of stress in it. Uh, it is so. Uh, we also deal with the drug problems. It's an open society. And the Swedes have a very, very strict policy against drugs and also alcohol has always had. That's uh, one issue that we discuss also with the other European countries very much. Uh, But I can see and I'm worried as a teacher also Mm -hmm. what is coming now, uh, the liberal winds coming from Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, And that uh, worries me. uh, When you talk about drug problems, would mm -hmm. that be marijuana or needle drugs and hard drugs? Uh, Everything. Everything. So this as a teacher, you see this as a problem blowing in from more liberal Europe? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, it's very evident uh, now, I think. And Scandinavia is a a part of Europe that has had a strict um, politics, yeah. You know, I think this is a very interesting point of uh, misunderstanding for a lot of Americans because you're a Swede. Yeah. You're a blonde Swede. Yeah, yeah. And uh, (laughs) you're telling me you're worried about the liberal winds blowing in from the rest of Europe. Mm. And we think of Sweden as the place with the sexy movies Mm -hmm. and so on. Yeah. That's That's, that's a little bit of a misunderstanding, isn't it? That's not indicative of a liberal hedonistic society so much. Why do we have that image of Sweden as a place uh, for sexy movies? It's an old image of Sweden. Uh, It's from the 60s. It's uh, the first film when one 
a woman took a swim, uh, no clothing on her. And that film was then linked out through the, the world and uh, made a, a wrong picture of the country, really. I mean, that was just a, a naturalistic film. <laughs> uh, so in and the rest of Europe thought you were a bunch of nudists then. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was in other countries progressive, I suppose. Yeah. And today we are, uh, as a woman, I think, I don't like it, of course. Yeah. Uh, and you have a lot of Italians coming up there thinking all the Swedes are, are just like sex goddesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I see that <laughs> in yeah, the parks. Yeah. It's, and it must be kind of funny for you and strange for you to have these guys. Well, it's interesting, between cultures, blonde people are more attractive to darker people, mm-hmm. and darker people are more attractive to blonder mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. People with little noses look good to people with big noses, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I've got a big nose, and when I go to Japan, I'm a knockout, because everybody <laughs> has small noses, you know? Yeah, that's interesting, really. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this image, um, I don't know. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're not promiscuous. Uh, it's just an image because you were mm-hmm. easier on a, on a movie that was celebrating nature, or whatever you want to say. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, I think Swedes are probably the least church-going people in in Europe, and also uh, a lot of people are living together and raising families without the concept of formal marriage. Mm. Uh, what's the deal with that? Mm. Or am I wrong about that? That's no, no, you're right. I heard a discussion about our society just recently, and we discussed the family definition there. And they said, well, Sweden is one of the most modern country in this sense, yes. Uh, We are talking about a family. A family could look like a a single mother with the children, not just the ordinary family. It could be also a a father with the children. Many ways of a family we can have, and, and all these families are accepted in Sweden. You know, that's interesting because in in our society, I think a single-parent family is at a big economic disadvantage Mm -hmm. and and therefore probably discouraged more than in your society where there is a social network that will support a single parent. Mm -hmm. Are things easier for a single mother in Sweden than in the United States? I think so. It is a big support for all kids. Our base idea is that the kids shall not be... um, disadvantage if they are living in a family with a little less money than in an ordinary family with two wages. So that's it. So how would they not be disadvantaged? Is there, because there's health care and education provided, or, or what does the government do to make sure these uh, children from single-parent families are not disadvantaged? Mm. A family, a single mother or a father also, mm-hmm. uh, get extra support for the rent, the health care is paid through the state, everything, dental care up to 20 years old for all children. She gets a certain support also from the father, of course. Mm-hmm. But if he's not paying, uh, the state is going also with this money, the, the same amount of money to the family. It's still, of course, a disadvantage to be on your own. It's more expensive, but still the family gets supported, good support. There's a there's a safety net this way, provided by the high taxes that you pay. Yes. And, and if uh, you call people it... generally are satisfied paying high taxes because it gives their society this sort of um, quality or this, this support? Yeah. Most of them know that uh, the taxes are going for, well, the, the base service in the society, yeah. yes. The tax rate now is uh, about 35%. I, th- I think that's, that's another misunderstanding here about mm-hmm. Sweden. Uh, 60%, 70%, well, progressive scale, yes, but... Uh, In other words, if you're wealthy, you'll pay 60 yeah, or 70 But yeah. normally, you, you school teacher, for instance, would pay 35%. 35%, yes. And with that, you assume you're going to get uh, the health care, the education, 
the uh, child care if you're a single working person? Uh, child care is now also supported by the state insofar that uh, we have a maximum fee for mm. everybody, just as the uh, child allowance goes to everybody, if you're rich or if you're not rich. So uh, maximum fee for one month in Sweden now is, uh, well, $110 per month for okay, one child. so that makes it affordable. You know, I find this fascinating as a tourist when I travel in Sweden because you're thinking out of the box and you have such a social um, sensitivity ingrained in, in your government system. And there's actually a place that the tourists go to learn about that. You go to the Sweden House. It is mm-hmm. right in the center on yeah. Kungstradgarten. Yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> uh, and they've got uh, little flyers that explain the health situation, the education situation, the transportation mm-hmm. situation, all of the uh, little ends of Swedish society. It's a fascinating opportunity when we travel to learn more about a society that has a different take on uh, big government, frankly. Mm. Let's hear your stories, advice, and questions about Sweden. 877-333-RICK. That's our phone number, or email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Marita Bergman is our escort for A Midsummer's Guide to Sweden on Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines. New vacation options in Latin America, plus getaways in the U.S., Europe, and the Caribbean are at aavacations.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves, and today we are traveling in Stockholm and in Sweden. I always say, if I had to live in Europe, I'd like to live in Stockholm. And I'm I'm amazed I say that because I'm Norwegian, and there's something deep in my blood that is so proud of being Norwegian, and that's not Swedish. But Stockholm is really an exciting and a charming city. And I'm talking with Marita Bergman, who is a schoolteacher in Stockholm, and she's also a tour guide. And she joins us today, and uh, we're inviting you to give us a call. Our phone number is 877-333-RICK. Gary in Bloomfield, Michigan, thanks for your call. Hi, how are you? We're doing good. Got any questions or comments about Stockholm? I definitely do. My wife and I had visited last year, and we had a terrible time trying to find any kind of a reasonable hotel in downtown Stockholm. 
you know, when we went on the internet in in the states and did the you know the Hilton and the other types of things, it seemed to be fairly expensive. And I wondered if you had any tips on how, when we go back next year, we could try and find uh, a little bit more reasonable rate for staying. It's such a wonderful city to visit. Mm-hmm. Marita, how do you where do you have your friends stay when they want to stay in a hotel without spending a fortune? Hello. Yeah, I know it's expensive to go to Stockholm, but uh, we are making something uh, for you now coming to Stockholm. It's uh, We are building more hotels uh, also in Stockholm and also a little bit outside. But I would recommend you to go into Internet. It's uh, uh, an address, stockholmtown.com. Have you tried that? No, we didn't. You know, I was just trying to do a lot of them, I guess, for what I knew from the U.S. and other European cities. But that sounds like a great suggestion. Yeah, do that. Uh, You will get some help there. And uh, there are, I mean, depends on what level of uh, comfort you want to have, but there are several options, I assure you. You know, Gary, the Scandinavian capitals are all, to me, notorious for being expensive. But remember, most of their hotel clientele is business travelers. Consequently, you'll pay rack rates on work days outside of summer. That means Friday and Saturday and often Sunday nights throughout the year and all of July and August will be deep discounted for fancy business hotels in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. And the people at the tourist board there assure me if you arrive on a Friday or a Saturday or in July and August, you can go to the tourist information office without a reservation and they will find the city will never fill up on those days because there's all these business class hotels with no businessmen in town and you'll get a $300 room for $150. Uh, oh, that's, that would be great. That's it. Yeah, now that's frustrating for me as a guidebook writer because I'm always trying to list hotels with a straight price, but I just cannot find budget alternatives that will be a better value than the fancy hotels with rooms on the push list when the business people are not in town. Uh, well, so that lies the time we were going, so that sounds fantastic. So you should be okay. It takes a little nerve to go there without reservations, but <laughs> yes, you can email those hotels direct and get their assurance that it'll be okay. Everybody speaks English. And uh, I'll just remind you that those who do arrive without reservations during these low times will do much better than the nervous ones who need a reservation uh, nailed down in advance. That sounds great. I'll try and convince my wife not to yeah. be so nervous. Good luck, Gary. Thank you very much, Rick. Have a nice, Bye, Maria. Yeah, have a nice time there. Thanks, Bye. Marie. And uh, Bob in Rye, New York. Hi, Bob. Hi, Rick. Thanks for your call. Thanks for having me on. My wife and I were in Stockholm last year, and we're going back again this year. We had such a wonderful, wonderful time there. And I was wondering, we plan on taking a train and going from Stockholm to Gothenburg, from there to Malmö, and then to Kalmar, and then back to Stockholm. And we were wondering what the pluses and minuses would be of getting a rail pass versus buying individual tickets. Well, my hunch is there's that's not enough travel, uh, Bob, to merit a rail pass. You will just mm-hmm. buy point-to-point tickets. Mm, I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of trains in Europe, they, they really have a way of perfect price discrimination, and local people who can buy their ticket long in advance will save a lot of money compared to the tourist who goes up to the, the box office or the window and, and buys their ticket right there. So mm-hmm. you might pay a, the rack rate, but I think it'll be pretty reasonable just to buy a ticket that's a big circle around Sweden. I do not think that there is a rail pass that would help you. Uh, if you are curious, you're welcome to email uh, my office at uh, just at uh, ricksteves.com and, and ask that question, and they can help you out on the specifics there. Now, what is the deal, Marita? It's, is it Jotaburg and Gothenburg that's the same city with two uh, different names? Yeah, Jotaburg and Gothenburg is the same city. Same thing. It's yeah. confusing to me. And that's, uh, what is that, Danish and Swedish or something? No. Uh, <laughs> it's a city with two names. Uh, it's Swedish, Jotaburg. Uh, Jotaburg. And, and Gothenburg is what? 
It's uh, English. English for yeah. for Jotunberg, yeah, and yeah. that's famous because that's where Volvo is made, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay, so that's a big industrial town, uh-huh. Kalmar. I'm glad you're going to Kalmar because that is one of my favorite towns. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a great for me. It's my favorite town outside of Stockholm. Well, one of the reasons we're we're trying to make a loop down, you know, to the west and then down to the south. And uh, when my grandmother came to the United States, she left from Malmer, mm-hmm. so I'd kind of like to go there just to, you know. See that. Now that's Malmo? Malmo, yeah. 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 Malmo, because mm. that is an umlaut on the O mm-hmm. there, yeah. Mm. And that's just across the big new bridge from Copenhagen. Mm. Right. That's right. big news. Now you can drive across from mm. Denmark to Sweden. And I would recommend you also, when you're going, perhaps, if you're, if you're also interested in the glass factories, so you are going to, to pass them on your way from Malmo uh, and Kalmar. That is also an area where a lot of immigrants came from, Småland. Uh, I'm myself born in that district, and, and if you're interested especially in, in, in that side and also glass manufacturing, uh, it's a great to have another stop there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, have fun on your trip. Yeah. Okay, I thank wish you. you that too. And Chip in Davenport, Iowa. Hello, Chip. Uh, hi, Rick. Good talking to you. Thanks for your call. Uh, yeah, I wanted to recommend Sconson, the open-air museum. Me too. Yeah, uh, me. Well, we had a fantastic visit there. My daughter was just the right age, seven or eight, to really get a kick out of the uh, ducks and geese and goats. Let's tell people first, uh, Chip, what Skansen's all about. It's an open-air folk museum where they've gathered together historic buildings, farmhouses, churches, schoolhouses from every corner of Sweden and collected them together in a big park in the city. And they've actually equipped them with all the furniture and, and the little intimate details about life then and there. And there's even people in the cabins that will demonstrate what life was like in the traditional times 100, mm-hmm. 200 years ago from Lapland or Varmland or whatever corner of Sweden we're talking about. Uh, it's one of the oldest in Europe. Uh, Oslo and Sweden debate who had the first one. It is the oldest. It is the oldest. Every Swede will tell you. <laughs> and uh, technically, I went and I went right to the guys in Oslo, and they said, technically, Oslo had the first one, but it was private for the king. Okay. And so Sweden's is the first open to the public. But I'll let you guys fight that one out. But, uh, Chip, uh, tell us more about your experience with your kids at Skansen. Well, they have a lot of uh, craftspeople, too. Yeah. Uh, blacksmiths and the like. Uh, I was mesmerized by the glassblower. But the kids like it. I mean, it's like a big park, but then you can jump into a building or admire it from outside and see what's going on in there and relate to the people. Mm. Little kids really love it because there's rides and, uh, you know, it's just like a petting zoo uh, with much more. And then after hours, it becomes a popular place for people to go for music, I think. There's Mm. a a great concert stage there. And you must have liked the view also, didn't you? It's a lovely spot. Yeah, yeah. Nice to hear that. Uh, It's one of my favorites, too. And uh, it's so nice to have it so close to the city also to get to know uh, the country more, not just Stockholm, but also the rest of Sweden. Well, that's a good point right there, because a lot of people don't have time to travel all over Sweden. It's a huge place, but they can, you know, virtually do it, walking from farmstead to farmstead there in the park, in the capital. Mm -hmm. And... uh, a lot of these parks are actually designed in the shape of the country. So if you go up to the north of the park, you get to the north of the country. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. And then another great thing, uh, it's just so cool about Europe, is you got these blockbuster sites so close together. Chip, uh, you probably remember just across the street was the Nordic Museum. And then behind the Nordic Museum was the Vasa, the great warship that sank in the harbor of Stockholm, what, 300 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's the greatest warship in its day. And today it's the best preserved warship from that century for us to look at. And that's a lot of fun for, for kids especially to look through. Did you guys go to the Vasa? We did not have time. Oh, you got lots to go back to in, mm-hmm. in Stockholm. Yeah. Okay. And, well, the, the neat thing is 
when you go to Europe, you spend a lot of time in uh, castles and cathedrals, and it's nice to see how our forebears actually lived instead of how the kings and the uh, bishops lived. I think that's the sentiment of these open-air folk museums. You really get to know how the real people lived, because you're absolutely right, Chip. These uh, castles and palaces, they're talking about Louis the Fourteenth. Well, that's not us, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, good talking to you. You bet. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we should remind people, you've got these open-air folk museums all over Europe. Every Scandinavian capital has them, and Mm. uh, I think Skansen is arguably the best in Europe is Skansen. I'm speaking with Marita Bergman. She's a schoolteacher and a guide from Stockholm, and we're learning all about Sweden and Stockholm. And this is Travel with Rick Steves. On the line from Fox Island in Washington is Joel. Hi, Joel. I had a question if you knew of any cost-effective ways to do a ski trip to the Aura ski area in Sweden in the spring and also do some visiting in southern Sweden. In the spring? Yeah. Marita, what about skiing in, in uh, April, or March, April? Yeah, Sweden? like April uh, is still good skiing there. Yeah, or is the best skiing area in Sweden. It's no competition of that. Uh, we have had a World Cup uh, competition up there. It's uh, the best conditions, best service, hotel facilities and everything. This is Aura. How do you spell that? It's, spe- it's spelled A with a dot on it, R-E. A-R-E, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have uh, some uh, estimate on prices uh, w- to do something like that, including the flight from Seattle? She would only know uh, from Stockholm, yeah, but if, yeah. if you were going okay. from Stockholm, would you buy a package that would have three nights in a hotel and two days of ski pass, or would you just put it together different? No, no. There are packages from Stockholm to buy, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I would imagine if you go to their website, you'd find uh, various options. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's All good right. skiing, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is downhill skiing uh, the dominant kind of skiing or cross-country skiing? Uh, depends on the age, of course. The yeah. young people go up to Aura. That's uh, that's the place to go. So Aura is for downhill skiing. Yeah, yeah, d- skiing. downhill. Uh, but otherwise... What uh, about cross-country in that area? Yeah, no, you know about the Vasa race now, the first uh, Sunday in March. Every year uh, on the first uh, Sunday, we have this uh, old, uh, the longest cross-skiing race. In in Dalarna, uh, it's 92 kilometers far. 92 kilometers, mm, about yeah. 50 or 55 miles. Mm. All right, Joel, good luck on okay. your skiing. All right. Thanks. Yeah. thanks. Bye. Rhonda in Woodenville, Washington. Hi, Rhonda. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Do you have a comment or a question for Marita? I have a question. My husband and I are heading over to Sweden and other Scandinavian countries, and we love to take classes, um, craft classes at local stores, and thought that would be a great way to meet the locals. And we were hoping you might have some hints as to how to find some of these classes, if there are any societies or associations that you might know of. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Classes for um, glassmaking. Um, well, we're taking, we're signed up for a class at Costa Boda already, and would like to take some more, so any sort of craft class would be great. Mm. I would look at the area Öland. Öland is in the south. Uh, it's uh, the island close to Kalmar. There mm. they have different schools. I would go to the tourist information, uh, actually, on the in this uh, special area uh, of Öland. It's, it's spelled O with dots over it, L-A-N-D. Yeah. It's the long, skinny island. It's the the biggest island off the coast, I think, of, of Sweden, uh, other than Gotland out in the middle there. But it's right, uh, there's a bridge connecting it from the great town of Kalmar. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. a good place to have the uh, classes and the uh, handicrafts. 
Yeah, and it's a great, great place to go. Also, it's uh, it's optimal for creative things to do. It's a very, very nice uh, place in Sweden, and also in the area of Stockholm, uh, there are some art schools uh, there. And so the, uh, for the specifics, you'd go to the tourist board. I think they could yeah. give you the exact names and mm. the availability of classes or workshops. Yeah. Good luck, Rhonda, on that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Much luck. Thanks. Marita, there's something powerful about Sweden. I remember when the Olympics were uh, in Oslo a few years ago. Mm. Everybody was stressed out because the Norwegians weren't getting it done, and it was like six months to go, and still they didn't have the stuff done. Mm-hmm. And they said, it's okay, the Swedes will come in and do it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, The Swedes are like the, the powerhouse. You've got the big industry. It's the dominant country in a lot of ways in Scandinavia. Yeah, that's right. You don't have the natural resources that Norway has. Norway has the oil to make their economy strong. Yeah. What's the secret to Sweden's famously strong economy? Mm. You have to look back into the history also there. You don't, you said that uh, no natural resources, but look at the forests. 60-65% of the country is covered with forest, and there it starts with the industry hmm. uh, there, and the iron, of course, uh, the, the steel of the Yeah, And uh, the industry started to be built then uh, in the 19th century, with a strong financial family, Wallenberg. Uh, okay. It was a good combination there 100 years ago. And to that, the big inventions came from Sweden. Such uh, as? Such as the dynamite from oh. Alfred Nobel and such as uh, the ball bearings. And the crescent wrench. And, and the crescent wrench, yeah. You've got the cre- <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's something I think Swedes are very proud of. And also, you've been clever at staying out of wars. That's very, very true and very lucky, of course. I mean, very it's, lucky and very clever. Yeah, it's a, a matter of strategy uh, there and much luck. I mean, Denmark, first, second world war, and then Norway. But um, maybe it's not clever. It's um, it's pragmatic. It's practical. Yeah, uh, I think Nor- Norwegians and Danes would kind of remind you that you have a resistance museum in Oslo and a Nazi resistance museum in in Denmark. Yeah, and, and, yeah. but there's no need for one in in Sweden because you guys never went to war with Germany. But we try to support our neighbor countries very much. Uh, yeah. Finland. Uh, we 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 got a lot of children from Finland just to to protect them from the war, and and also many of the Swedes went on to the war uh, and also fought on the resistance against Germany. So, well, a good portion of luck, yes. And Sweden is quite famously pacifistic or peaceful, aren't you? The Nobel Peace Prize is actually awarded in Oslo. Yeah, that's true. But the the whole Nobel Prize uh, originated in Sweden? Mm. The first prize was awarded in 1901. And the reason why the Peace Prize then is awarded in uh, in Oslo is that uh, Sweden and Norway was one country up to 1905. There you go. So, but if you look at the United Nations, the first chairman came from Norway, uh, Trygvili, and the second from Sweden. Uh, that says something also uh, to the rest of the world. We have a big, solid confidence in this issue. You know, when I was in Stockholm last, it occurred to me, Marita, there must be a baby boom going on or something. I saw so many pregnant women. What, you is, did. Is, there, is that true or was I just out on a sunny afternoon and people were out with their strollers and their babies? <laughs> no, there are a lot of babies born now in the whole country, not only in Stockholm. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's something is going on. It's It has to do with the, well, the view into the future. People are really positive in many ways in Sweden now. We have a strong economy. 
uh, a low unemployment and a very, very good family policy in Sweden. So statistically, there are more people having children yeah, these yeah. days. We have uh, the highest nativity in the whole Europe. You do? Bes- beside Iceland, yes. So the lowest marriage rate and the highest nativity. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Leave it to Sweden. There's another thing I learned about Sweden, the fika. Yeah. Tell me about the fika, mm. F-I-K-A. Yeah. In Sweden, you fika, you do a fika at least uh, two or three times a day. And a fika is uh, a strong Swedish coffee. It's not American. It's Swedish, Scandinavian. And you have some bakery to that. And uh, normally we have a bun, a cinnamon bun to it. And uh, the Swedish coffee is not only Swedish. It can be also cappuccino, caffè latte, and uh, all kinds of coffee. But... Uh, it's um, it's a really good and very, very... Civilized uh, thing to do halfway through the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Have a fika. Yeah. So when you're in Sweden, in Stockholm, yeah. anywhere in Sweden, do like the locals do. Take a break in your sightseeing. Have a cinnamon bun mm-hmm. and a cup of coffee. You can do it in a department store or in a shopping area with a lot of locals who yeah. are, are religious about this. Mm-hmm, you really. can do it in a fine restaurant with a view, mm-hmm. or you can do it in a convenience store for $2. I yeah. mean, it can be very cheap. Or in a park. But have your fika. Mm. Yeah, that's right. It's very important. Yeah. I'm speaking with Marita Bergman, and we're talking Stockholm. Have a bite of your cinnamon bun and a quick sip of the coffee. In a moment, we'll continue with A Midsummer's Guide to Sweden on Travel with Rick Steves. You can add your comments anytime in our online feedback forums. It's in the radio department at ricksteves.com. Ik ben Ferdi Mengi en ik ben van België en ik reis met Rick Steves. Now, that was Flemish and it means I am Ferdi Mengi from Belgium and I travel with Rick Steves. Ik ben uh, Ferdi Mengi, ben van België en ik uh, reis met Rick Steves. Eight seven seven three 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 Rick or email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Marita Bergman from Stockholm is our guide to Sweden today on Travel with Rick Steves. Marita, thanks so much for being here. Thank you very much. We have Earl Johnson on the line from Dowling Park in Florida. Earl, thanks for calling. Yeah, hi Rick. I'm happy to talk with you about Sweden, one of my favorite countries. And why do you like it so much? Oh, well, we first went there because I had relatives there, but I've been there 11 times since 1991. And it's beautiful and it's relaxing. It's just a, a kind of a funny feel you get when I leave the airport. I first take a bus and then I take a train and then I get to my relatives. And it's now a that's, nice way to start. Earl, and, Earl, that is so interesting because I get the same feeling when I cross the border from Sweden into Norway. I've, you know, like... <laughs> Scandinavians are like Scandinavians, and I, you'd think there's not much of a distinction. And I'm in Sweden thinking, oh, this is great. I'm in my sort of broadly uh, defined homeland. And then I cross into Norway, and all of a sudden there's sort of a magical connection I have. And now you're Swedish in your heritage, and you uh, have in that. In my heritage, yes. And, and when you fly into Stockholm, you have that same sort of uh, warmth. or uh, It's just nice. Yeah, it's just nice. And one of my visits was in February, and that sounds like a crazy time to go to Sweden, but it was one of my favorites because... I was fortunate that there was sunlight and it was that soft winter sun and and things just look so beautiful Mm. and tourists aren't everywhere in Stockholm and it was just 
it was beautiful. Mm. I have to make a comment there. Uh, I'm from Sweden. I'm living yes. in Stockholm. I understand you because February is one of my favorite too. The sun oh, is really? coming back, coming back, and everything is gleaming in the snow, and uh, oh. uh, people are getting back the temper again. So I understand you. I'm, I'm so glad to, that you tell me that. Yes, it was a great experience. Even though the, you know the sun wasn't up too many hours, it was yeah. very nice. <laughs> well, it was. Up. I find Scandinavians really appreciate the sun when they have it. Whether oh it's boy, the the Swedes. Love the sun. I mean, if it's 60 degrees there, everything opens up and all the fresh air is coming in their homes and it's mm. quite different and very refreshing. We talk about two personalities. We have one winter and one summer personality. Would you go crazy when it, if it gets up to 80? I know we were on <laughs> Feather Island one day when it was in the 80s. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> you know, I was, just, I was just in Helsinki, and they were talking about the same limit of sun in the winter and so on, and there's actually a, the most popular cafe in the town has sunlights, uh, these special lights that give people sunshine, and people go there for their own uh, mental well-being. I would believe that, yeah. yes. In, yes. In the dark of the winter of the, of the Nordic countries. Mm. Yes. Hey, Earl, you love Sweden. I got to say, to be honest, I think Stockholm is one of the greatest uh, cities in Europe to visit, but the rest of Sweden doesn't really stack up. Is oh, I don't agree. I don't okay. agree with that. So, well, put the, uh, tell me what's so good about the countryside. Well, I've been fortunate to do some week-long bicycle rides in Sweden, and I've gotten to places like Kalmar mm-hmm. that had been discussed earlier. And we love, because the bus and train transportation system is so good, we will almost always go to Uppsala, and it's a really easy trip from Mm. Stockholm. The trains run all the time and just take a short time. And being a university town, Uppsala has so much to see Mm. and a lot of good restaurants, too, because it's a university town. Another place we enjoy sometimes are the Sherpings, and we like Lynn Sherping the best. Mm. And again, just it's a wonderful place to spend a day. Chirpings are the towns that end with K-O-P-I-N-G. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, and that means market, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Kop- yeah. Kop- 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 there are a bunch of chirpings saying. in the yeah. country. Yeah. Uh, look at, yeah, Nord chirping. Shippa yeah. mm. uh, is by. By, yeah. all right. Mm. Well, and Earl, when you are in uh, Uppsala, that, that is a very entertaining town. And isn't there like a surgical theater there, a very early medical school mm. theater? Yes, yes. And saw the, that a circular room where they had performed... Wonderful, uh, wonderful yeah. sight, yeah. Yeah, right. All right, Earl, well, thanks for your call. You're welcome. And continued happy travels. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. And we have Robert on the line in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Hi, Robert. Hello, Rick. Thanks for your call. Do you have a comment or a question for Marita? Well, first of all, my feeling in on entering Sweden, I've only been there once, but it felt like I'd come home. Uh, it was the strangest thing. Now, I, I have to say I'm also of mixed heritage. I'm half Norwegian and half Swedish. Mm-hmm. But in Sweden, it just felt like that was where I belonged. Um, it was really something, um, considering I've lived elsewhere all my life and traveled all over the world. But that felt more like home than home did, actually, to me. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, uh, what, what was it? Can you put your finger on it, Robert? Why did it feel so much like home? I mean, I, I get that, that strange sensation in my travels, too. Is it, is it the people? Is it the tempo of life? Uh, what is it? I think it's all of that. Uh, and I think it's some unknown genetic psychic connection. I, you know, you're getting rather metaphysical there, but um, 
No, I feel it in I really Norway, don't know. I, I can't put my finger on it, no. You know, I bet Poles feel it when they go to the old country in Poland, and Irish-Americans feel it when they go to Ireland, and it's a great opportunity when you can go back to the homeland, and I think a lot of American immigrant families worked very hard to bury any connection they had with the, mm-hmm. with the old country because the, the first-generation immigrants wanted their kids to do well and not be outsiders, so just embrace America and, and stop speaking Norwegian and don't eat that krumkaka. And then, um, and then all of a sudden, two generations later, you realize you've lost your heritage, but it's still in your genetic makeup, and you go home, and uh, what yeah. a great opportunity. And uh, Sweden does a very good job of that, sharing its way of living. I think Swedes are very proud of their formula for sustainability and, and uh, happiness and social well-being, and also they've done a lot to help Americans reconnect in, in Vexu. Vexu, yeah. Vexu. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's spelled V-A-X-J-O, mm-hmm. Vexu. A, a mm-hmm. town which I have heard pronounced at least six different ways while I was in Sweden. Is that, oh, that's good, because I can never get it right, and that's probably part of the confusion. But mm-hmm. there's a wonderful immigrant mm-hmm. museum there, yes. and anybody with Swedish heritage can go upstairs into the library. Yeah, yeah. And they can do their family roots studies, and mm-hmm. this is a great... It's in the middle of glass country. It's in the middle of the region where more than, I think, statistically more than any other part of Europe, people got the heck out of there and went to the United States. Yes. And, uh, now, now, one bit of advice for any of your listeners that are thinking of using those resources... Unless things have changed since I was there, you need to make an advance reservation probably at least six months ahead of time to be able to get in and use the library. Yeah, to mm-hmm. do a serious job anywhere in Europe when you're tracking your routes, you need to do the, the groundwork ahead of time for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, that was a, a disappointment when I showed up because I didn't know that. <laughs> but uh, that part of Sweden, I, I just really loved uh, visiting the glassworks, uh, walking around the, uh, the shore of the lakes, just marvelous. Mm. In fact, I would have to tend to disagree with you about Stockholm. Uh, it was a nice town, <laughs> but I didn't think it was really anything all that special. I mean, I was glad I was there, enjoyed visiting there, but the real interest to me was when we left to Stockholm and got out to see Visby on the um, island of Gotland, Kalmar, the glass country, and then over to the, the west coast, uh, mm-hmm. Gothenburg and uh, the towns around there. That, to me, was really seeing Sweden and was far more interesting and enjoyable than Stockholm was. I, I think it's a matter of the small town lets your little Swedish endorphins do loop-de-loops better. Well, that may be, but I mean, even the museums and the towns, um, I just found it more interesting. Yeah. The, the Stockholm was just another city. More, the others more modern, had more yeah. character. Well, Robert, tell me about Visby and the island of Gotland. Is, now, that's the big island in the middle of the Baltic Sea, and it has a fascinating history, doesn't it? My memory is not exactly the greatest in the world, and as soon as I open my mouth and try to say something definitive about the history, it's going to be wrong. Well, Robert, I'm going to... But it's a medieval town, and it is an extremely interesting place to visit, well worth the short ride across the water. Robert, thanks for your call, and I'm going to let Marita talk a little bit about Goatland. So happy travels. All right. Okay. She will do a much better job than <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Well, she'll do a better job than me, too. Bye, Bye. now. Bye. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, Marita, let's talk about Gotland. Is that pronounced correctly? Gotland? It's called Gotland. Gotland, Gotland. Yes, And yeah. you can fly there very quick and cheaply from Stockholm, or you can take a long boat ride, I think. A uh, long bo- boat ride, fly easily over there. Uh, it's, it's not cheap, uh, it's one, but uh, it's worth going there because uh, if you go to Gotland, it's uh, to come to another world. It's uh, uh, so so different to uh, the mainland, in fact. And why uh, it's uh, different? Well, if you are interested in the nature and plants and flowers and like that, mm-hmm. you have another type of landscape there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a unique ecology there. Yeah, yeah. Culturally, is it perfectly Swedish or is there some different element of the culture? I would say it is Swedish. It is uh, middle age. But it's uh, middle age. That's the unique yeah, thing. Yeah, that's it? the unique thing. And this is uh, the part of Sweden that has the most middle age churches. A lot of treasures in these churches, and they still are digging up things, excavating things here in this soil, and coming up also things from the Middle Ages. Is it overrun by tourists? I wouldn't say that, no. The Swedish people, we like to go there also very, very much. It's uh, for us like even go to the Mediterranean. Uh, the best beaches, very, very good hotels, facilities. And Gotland there, that's uh, the area where you bike a lot also. Okay, sounds like a wonderful trip into the countryside, accessible by a short flight or boat ride from Stockholm. I'm talking with Marita Bergman, who's a school teacher in Stockholm, and uh, Susan on the line in Clear Lake, Iowa. Hi, Susan. Hello, how are you, Rick? Great, thanks for your call. Do you have a comment or a question for Marita? Not necessarily for Marita, but I certainly have a comment about a small trip that we made on a ferry from Stockholm to Natalia one summer. About a three-hour trip, and people were off and on, standing on the sides of the um, Baltic, waiting to uh, take the ferry. It was very relaxing. Um, Loved watching the Swedes enjoy the sun and the warmth of July because everyone was out who could be out. Uh, Living here as I do in Iowa with so many Scandinavians and some Scandinavian heritage myself, it was fun and it felt a lot good to watch what was going on. Was that on the boat through the archipelago? Yes. mm -hmm. Boy, that's a great trip out from Stockholm. It's just another way to get to Stockholm, uh, a shorter way. Mm. Uh, let me say a slower way. Yeah, well, that's a great way to uh, to see uh, Swedes having a good time with their beautiful nature. That's what we thought, too. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Susan. You're very welcome. Happy Bye. travels. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Marita, one of the frustrations for me traveling in Sweden is everybody speaks English, so I can't learn a single word of Swedish. I that's understand just, that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, but it's very nice to know a couple of um, words. So what, what are a couple of words that uh, you can teach me that would be helpful for tourists visiting your country? Well, I I thought about some useful phrases uh, that you could use. And if you encounter a Swede in Stockholm, you might have a suggestion you want to do something, perhaps. And uh, then you say in uh, in Swedish, uh, I want to do something funny today. Uh, In Swedish, that is, Jag är sugen på att göra någonting roligt idag. You want to do something funny today, something interesting. Mm-hmm. You'd actually say funny, that's for interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about just um, hello, goodbye, please, thank you? Yeah. Uh, hello, we always uh, use the word hey. Hey. Hey, mm-hmm. that's good. H E J. H E J. Hey. Yes. And uh, uh, the Swedes are thanking very much. That's uh, a, a very important thing to know. When you're getting something, tack så mycket. 
Taksimika, thank mm. you very much. Thank you thanks, very much. Literally, thanks so much. Yeah. Taksomika. Mm, in, Nor- in Norway, you'd say tusen tak, mm. thousand thanks, mm. but you don't really say that in Sweden. Yeah, tak so mycket, that's a Swedish way to say or it. Or tak tak. Mm, no, not tak tak. So, uh, but uh, if you say hey hey, that's convenient or that's okay to say. Yeah. So hello, mm. hey hey. Mm. And tak would be the short way to say thanks. Yeah. Tak. Yeah. And uh, goodbye? Uh, then we say hey do. Hey do. That's mm. yeah, pretty yeah. easy. But mm. you'll always find somebody speaking English. Uh, all are speaking English. Uh, we learned English from the third grade in the school. Yeah, That's I've, why. In my work, I find no language barrier at all mm-hmm. in uh, Norway, Sweden, or Denmark. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Swedes, I think one of the great days of the year is the Midsummer Night. Yes, of uh, course. It's the mm-hmm. longest day of the year. What, June mm-hmm. twenty, June 21st? 21st, in between 21st, 25th. What What's the magic for you in the countryside on a Midsummer Eve? Take me there. Yeah. I can see the picture in front of me. Uh, it could be somewhere in the countryside. You are with your family, uh, your mother and father, your children, uh, perhaps also friends. Uh, you have prepared this day. You have longed for it for a long time. I hope the sun is shining. It's not always like that. But still, we do the same procedures as every year to uh, go to the shop and buy fresh potatoes, sour cream, and herring uh, that we eat all the time. And if you are lucky to be on somewhere close to the water, that's uh, optimal. But otherwise, uh, you uh, make a beautiful table in the garden and you pick uh, also the fresh flowers from the nature. Uh, it shall be seven flowers because that's a magic number also in Sweden as all over. And these seven flowers uh, symbolically are used then also for unmarried girls to have under their pillows uh, this magic night. And if you have that under your pillow as unmarried girl, you are dreaming of the boy that you are going to marry. And live happily ever after. Yes, of course. (laughs) So the longest day of the year, Uh, you got your family with you. Yeah, and you need also a vodka to that. A vodka. Mm -hmm. And the word in Swedish for vodka? And snaps. Schnapps. Mm, schnapps. schnapps. Yeah. Mm. Well, and uh, do you say happy midsummer night or what do you say? No, actually we say uh, have, a, have a nice midsummer day like that. Uh, we wish each other. It's not like Christmas. Right. Uh, it's a matter of uh, being together and uh, enjoying the light, enjoying... Enjoy well, the light, mm, yeah. And you know, this is only the uh, only non-Christian tradition that we have still in Sweden. The only non-Christian mm. uh, f- festivity. Yeah, it's uh, fertility. So you've got your potatoes, mm-hmm. your herring, mm-hmm. your seven flowers, yeah. your friends and family all around you, yep. surrounded by beautiful Swedish nature mm. and great hopes for the future. Mm. And then this night, uh, you almost as adult and as married don't go to sleep. You don't go to sleep. Mm, mm. Wonderful celebration. Mm. And as a traveler, you can be part of the family, I would imagine, somehow, in the countryside of Sweden. Yeah, of course, you're invited. Thank you very much, Marita Bergman from Stockholm. Mm. Ten Swedes met in Brooklyn A more congenial lot never gathered in one spot And while they met in Brooklyn They filled the place with glee But here's what's bothered me, they had one drink they always go, and then the ten sweet shook hands all around another drink, another skull, 
skull. And then the ten sweet shook hands. Up and down they had four more. One, two, three, four. While I kept score. Four, three, two, one. And after each one, then they all shake hands again. It bothers me. Can't get it right. How many handshakes did the ten sweets make a nine? Travel with Rick Steves is produced by Tim Tatton at Europe Through the Back Door in Edmonds, Washington. There's more online in the radio section at ricksteves.com. That's where you can look up information on this and other programs in the series, plus find podcast extras. You can also participate in discussion boards on a variety of travel topics. Submit your questions for Rick, as well as share your comments and travel tips with other listeners. It's at ricksteves.com. Join us next time for more Travel with Rick Steves. Travel with Rick Steves is made possible in part by American Airlines. Their Advantage program can help you earn miles toward your next vacation. Details are at aa.com. American Airlines knows why you fly. Hey, do. Hey, do. Hey, do. <laughs> <laughs>